Hi, hey, hello everybody. This is FPL Teacher with the report card for Spurs. We now venture into territory where the top three owned <clears throat> assets by each club from here on in is going to be double digits at the very least with Son coming in at fourth with 10.8% himself. So really, we are going to debate the popular players and how they've fared so far while potentially uncovering gems moving forward. Here we go. Spurs' counter-attacking plan has been well established since game week one itself when he punished Southampton on the counter. Henceforth, really, the it just came down to who executed these counter-attacks. And they benched Richarlison in the early stages of the season. While in game week six, Richarlison started having a stake in the starting 11, first displacing Kulusevski and most recently coming in in place of Son Heung-min. So the interesting thing about playing a counter-attacking game at the elite level as he did at Inter Milan is that Conda's side will forever look horrendous in terms of stats. They will be outshot, uh, maybe even outscored in the opening half of games, and at the same time, tactically, they expose themselves to opponents executing their plan A. In this particular case, a lot of matches, Spurs still came out on top because of sometimes the naivety of their opponents, such as Forest and Wolves. And sometimes they just had the variety from the bench in order to come back and achieve a result as they did against Chelsea as well as Fulham. What remains consistent in all of these setups is how the front three interact with each other. So we're going to start with Harry Kane who nominally operates as a number nine in the first half but in the second half he specifically interacts with certain forwards in order to create the best chances. So the Spurs front three is an adaptable front three that, is, that employs a wait-and-see approach to assess what their opponents do well in the first half, weathering the storm, and then coming out on top. A lot of ways Spurs kill the games, such as against Southampton, Leicester, Fulham, Forest, all occur in the second half. You rarely see Spurs run away with the game in the first half itself, and this is honestly a very reliable approach that Conte deserves much more credit for. The most productive combination so far occurs between Kane and Kulusevski, simply because Kulusevski himself takes up much more variable positions in the front three. He used to be a byline operator, but now he can take up half spaces, he can sit on the edge of the box and allow Kane to run either side of him, similar to what Son and Kane did. This meant that Son himself took up more incisive positioning. He would make diagonal runs behind centre-backs, he never made outside centre-backs anymore, and he would offer himself as a final ball option on counter-attacks. Now, for FPL purposes, what we are concerned about is their upcoming 
fixture taker. Number one, because they have three away games in four. Secondly, those three away games read Arsenal, Brighton and Man United. Three of three sides that aim to control the game so possessively that they refuse to allow opponents to breathe. Now, we can give the North London derby a pass simply because North London derbies often go crazy. So, really, what we are looking at is the counter-attacking potential of Kane Kulusevski and Son in the matches against Brighton and Man United. At this stage, zonal matchups are what gives us the best indicators because when you play a counter-attacking game, you assume that you play with as much space as possible to run into when you initiate your counter-attacks. And this plays into Son's hands, especially since Arsenal and Brighton and Man United actually do intentionally vacate the right side, the right central midfield space. So for Man United, Ericsson bombs forward. For Brighton, we see that McAllister takes up a central positioning so that Moises Casado bombs up the left so the space is on the right. And at the same time, for Arsenal, well, honestly, the space for Arsenal is all over the pitch. So Spurs will attack all across that front line. Let's talk counter-attacks. The idea of a successful counter-attack comes from punishing players who venture too far forward. So if we look across Spurs' next five opponents, specifically, Arsenal, Everton, Man United and Newcastle all bring their fullbacks forward. So, the obvious answer here is to pick up either Harry Kane or Kulusevski. Son isn't exactly mentioned here because Son, as he demonstrated in the hat-trick he scored last week, can choose to run forth from central positions or he runs or he starts his run from central positions and he moves into wide ones. This will work against smaller teams, so you can expect him to deliver against Everton and perhaps Newcastle if Newcastle play openly. But as it stands, the next three away games favour the byline operators and in recent times, Kane and Kulusevski have linked up extremely well on the flanks instead. Special mention also goes to the wingbacks, um, especially now Sessegnon and Perisic will start. And at this stage, the matchups favour Ryan Sessegnon on the left side, simply because Newcastle, Everton, in fact, Arsenal and Man United themselves also commit their right backs into attack nowadays. So we can look forward to Sessegnon actually bombing forward on the break. Now let's talk how Spurs break themselves down. The idea of scoring past Spurs is actually a relatively straightforward task because the likes of Southampton, Chelsea, Fulham as well, even Leicester actually, have all broken past the Spurs backline. Spurs' 3-4-3 nominally defend as a 5-4-1 unit in theory. And they do defend themselves quite deep. But with Perisic recently playing on the right side, they have shown positional weakness, at least in terms of managing the space between right centre-back Vincent Sanchez and right wing-back Ivan Perisic. 
Leicester took advantage of this literally in the first attack. They bombed down the left flank and they won a penalty off Perisic. So really it just, sorry, not Perisic, Devinson Sanchez. But it just shows that any attack going down the flanks will actually bear fruit. So the first question we have to address is number one. Is holding on to Spurs' defence worth it? Even Perisic still has an ownership around 1 in 4. So by not owning him, you are essentially getting ahead of the competition. I think an underrated attribute of this Spurs' defence are the positioning of the central midfielders. Kulisevsky, sorry, not Kulisevsky, Bentakor and Hoiberg have massive roles to take up because as a midfield duo, they have to cover a lot of space because the back five are usually very deep. The centre-backs almost never step up unless they are drop, they're marking a number nine that drops deep. So the two central midfielders have to choose between either sitting back and inviting pressure or pressing up to specific targets in order to nullify their threats. So this moving up the pitch thing by central midfielders, particularly Pierre Hoiberg, is particularly effective against sides that don't control the ball that well. We saw that against Leicester last week, but more importantly, they do it also against bigger or similarly sized opponents. Against Chelsea, the two central midfielders here actually pushed up extremely aggressively to press up alongside the forwards. So can we expect that against Arsenal, where... The centre mids attempt to win the ball off Granit Zaka and Partey. Yeah, most likely. Similarly, against Brighton's defensive midfielders that push up, you can imagine that the Spurs central midfielders will also push up alongside the three forwards and create a 5v6 situation. Maybe a 5v4 if they press well, honestly. So in that sense, I feel that in terms of defense, the central midfielders provide way more value in attack in terms of the counter press compared to the fullbacks. Elite and counter attack usually aren't used in the same sentence, but Conte seems to have perfected this by having four players fight for three spots up front. The combinations are now extremely unpredictable and with Son's potential now being unleashed against Leicester, a lot of your opponents will have something extra to think about. We know that Deserby will bring something similar to the league, in fact something more exaggerated to the league, and the irony here being Conte and Deserby coming from the same league itself makes the Spurs-Brighton match extremely intriguing to look forward to. And this will set up a preview for their matches up ahead to see how Spurs will react. This is FPL Teacher speaking. Follow for the next review, which is about the Blues.